What would a business education look like if it was completely redesigned for the benefit of all life? Our friends at Lyft Economy are offering an inclusive, affordable MBA program that teaches key business fundamentals from a racially just, environmentally regenerative, and locally self-reliant perspective. If you want to hear more, you can go to go.lifteconomy.com MBA. That's go.lifteconomy.com MBA. There's also a link in the show notes. David, what, what's the hope for Project Lead the Way learner experience? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think about this through a couple of lenses. One, as a former district leader, school leader, working closely with Project Lead the Way in the schools that, that I help support. Um, also, all three of my own children have been in Project Lead the Way, so I've seen it on the parents' side. And obviously now for the last 12 years, uh, working as part of the leadership team at Project Lead the Way, we're really looking for a highly engaged uh, student-driven experience supported by amazing educators. Uh, when I walk in, I visited Project Lead the Way programs in almost every state, and there are certain things that you just expect to see. You see students working together as part of a team, asking interesting questions, challenging each other, challenging themselves, and then really going out and doing a lot of just-in-time learning. So they're going to deepen their understanding of math. They're going to go find technical applications that will help them solve the problems that are in front of them at the moment. And that's really what we see in Project Lead the Way classrooms is this high level of student engagement, learning to work as part of a team, dealing with all the positive and then the sometimes challenging elements that come with that, and then really becoming a very self-directed, more curious learner. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderek, and I'm joined today by Dr. David Dimmitt. He's the president and CEO of Project Lead the Way, also known widely as PLTW, pltw.org. Uh, David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be with you today. Um, Project Lead the Way, for more than two decades, has been the leading STEM uh, pathway curriculum provider. Is this your 25th year, Dave? We just... Uh we're in our 26th year now. We're still celebrating our 20. Is it? It's a big number, so we're still celebrating it. But we're actually into our 26th year, two and a half decades of service to students and, and educators all across the U.S. I I don't really remember the uh, origin story, but what? Uh, how did uh, PLTW get started? It, it's really an amazing story, not just an education story, but a an entrepreneurial story, a business story. Uh, and so, um, you know, really the story of one teacher started by one teacher in upstate New York. And because of the success that uh, he saw locally in the student experience and the great outcomes growing really through philanthropy and work with teachers, and educators all across the country, growing today to the point where we have 89,000 uh, active PLTW teachers all across the country. We're a we're a 501c3. We're a nonprofit started, like I said, by one teacher in upstate upstate New York many years ago, but led by educators and made better every day by the educators we serve. How, how many schools are you working with these days? We have 16,000 programs and we're in approximately 13,000 schools, over 3,500 school districts all across the U.S. And our student count is right around 2.3 million 
uh, pre-K to 12th grade students. Most of those are high school or growing number are elementary and middle. Yeah. And that's an important part of our origin story. You know, we started as a high school engineering program and we've since expanded into middle school and elementary school, really starting as early as pre-K in many many settings. And it's not just that uh, starting point for us 25 plus years ago in engineering, we've expanded into biomedical science and computer science and doing a lot with math and science, especially at the early grade. So elementary has been some of the most exciting work that we're doing because we know students at a very early age are deciding, you know, what areas interest them, if they're good at math or science, or conversely, if they're not good at math or science. Let's dive into those high school pathways. Uh, You mentioned three of them, computer science, engineering, and and biomedical. So what, what is a What's included in a pathway? It's it's a course sequence in those subjects? Right. That's right. In computer science and biomedical science, we have four courses each. Uh, in engineering is a little bit deeper. We have nine courses in engineering, and it's everything from computer integrated manufacturing, uh, digital electronics, principles of engineering. So it's a wide range of offerings. And what schools typically do is they will build their own pathway. For instance, uh, in Wichita or in other places where there's a strong emphasis uh, in your part of the world, a strong emphasis on aerospace, you'll see schools uh, offering our aerospace engineering course. But they really typically start with either engineering essentials or with our introduction to engineering course. And that's the way we, we typically go. And the, the research has been great. It shows when students have you know, more of a, um, a, a sort of a dosage effect, when students have more in that pathway there's a stronger correlation to the outcomes that we like to see. So d- does your curriculum include um, math and English or is it is just the STEM subjects? It's a great question. There's, there's a lot of math and science. Uh, obviously, we, STEM gets used a lot these days uh, and has for the last couple of uh, decades. But there's, so there's a lot of math and science in our offering. In many states, our high school courses are also accounting for elective math and science content. So what I love about what happens in a Project Lead the Way classroom is that students aren't just studying uh, biomedical innovations. They're not just studying uh, you know, human body systems or com- uh, computer science, engineering, you name it, but they're learning real math, real science, and they're applying it in a relevant way. That's, it's such sticky learning because students see the relevance of what they're learning in the classroom. And David, these um, these aren't like a la course a la carte courses like AP, where kids can pick and choose. They're aren't they typically deployed in a in a sequence? Yeah, a lot of school, and we do a lot of support for schools. It's a big part of what our team does is work very closely with individual schools, with school districts, to help them build a plan that works for them in their local community. And typically, they will think about a progression or a course sequence. We do, however, have a lot of students who will jump into that sequence in year two or year three, and they've had tremendous success there as well. But we love seeing students have that extended experience, not just over the high school courses that we're talking about, but starting even earlier in middle school and elementary school. Do, do you like to see these courses adopted in, in a like a wall-to-wall academy, a, a career academy? Is that the best case scenario? You know, it's, it's really interesting. 
I feel like Project Lead the Way, the way I've seen it implemented all across the country, it's adaptable to local context. Uh, NAF, I know you're very familiar with NAF. We work closely in Project Lead the Way curriculum is used in, in many NAF academies. It's a great model and students get tremendous support there. We also see Project Lead the Way offered as elective courses in schools where there are multiple other pathways. So in a school of you know, 2,000 students or 1,000 students, we might be working with 30% of the students in that school. Urban, rural, suburban, public, private, charter, archdiocese. That's what I love about what our team has developed is that it's adaptable to local context, and we really see effective implementation in a range of school types. Let's um, let's let's pick a I don't know a engineering class and do a quick compare contrast with with a traditional textbook based uh, program. How would a how would a project lead the way course? experience be different than a traditional read the chapter, do the questions at the end, take a quiz? Yeah, I love that question. And, you know, I I taught in a more traditional setting uh, prior to joining Project Lead the Way. And and, but if you're walking down the hall and you have a Project Lead the Way class on one side and a more traditional textbook, maybe based class on the other, what you're going to hear in the Project Lead the Way class is a lot of energy. When you look in that classroom, you may not see the teacher. You're going to see students up and moving and doing things. The teacher may be down on the floor working with a group of students or coaching individual learners uh, because those projects that students are working on, the problems they're trying to solve throughout the curriculum are really going to be um, at various stages throughout the work. So you're going to see students with varying needs. And so the teacher is going to really be facilitating that work differently than what you might see in a traditional classroom where the teacher is at the front of the classroom imparting knowledge. The classroom that that we look at in a Project Lead the Way setting, the teacher is in many cases a co-learner. And the students are going to, in some cases, ask questions that the teacher can't answer. And I just, that's a very powerful moment in a classroom when the student asks a question and the teacher is comfortable saying, I don't know, let's go find out together. So it's really powerful for teachers as well. A question about the teacher's role, like how teacher dependent is a is a great project lead the way class, and and how much flexibility does a teacher have to to sort of shape the learner experience? The teacher role is absolutely critical, uh, not just to project lead the way, but I think in great learning settings all across uh, pre K twelve work that's happening in the United States today. So I think for us, that's one of the most important things we do is support teachers. We have a cadre of over 400 master teachers that help us do that. But like I said, there are 89,000 active Project Lead the Way teachers in the U.S. today. Our role in that is really helping them be equipped with the strategies, um, with the resources that they need to be super effective in the work they're doing. But there is a lot of flexibility. So, and I see a lot of that is uh, around the connections that that teacher makes to the community that is supporting those students. And so that's the important part too, is what happens beyond the four walls of the classroom. So there are certain things that you would expect to see in every Project Lead the Way classroom, regardless of of where you are in the U.S. But then there's a lot of variability and that uniqueness that the teacher brings, that the community brings, is a really powerful part of what we do. You support 
super dynamic sectors, sectors that are, you know, seeing changes on a month by month basis, not, not just uh, year by year. So I, I wonder how do you, how do you keep your relevant, your curriculum relevant? And then the second part of that is how, how do you support those 89,000 teachers in, in these sectors that are, uh, where knowledge and skills are, are moving so quickly well, one of the most important things that we do is we make these connections with business industry, with great uh, you know, career organizations. And we're working with workforce development, economic development, and our curriculum is regular being updated. We have an amazing curriculum team, many of them former Project Lead the Way teachers, but then we'll turn to advisories from business and industry. And we'll look at, for instance, is this the way that we're thinking about targeted disease treatment in our biomedical science pathway and genetic sequencing? Are we doing this in a way that's relevant today uh, as opposed to maybe what it looked like five years ago? That feedback loop that we get from our business and industry partners is, is a very critical part of helping us continuing to update our content. I just was out visiting last week uh, schools in rural Indiana with one of our business and industry partners and the North American CEO of that company was shoulder to shoulder, talking to teachers, talking to students, better understanding their experience. And then they'll come back and highlight for us how that matches up with what they're seeing in business and industry. So it's a really powerful way to connect those elements in our communities. And the support we offer for, for teachers, I think that was another part of your question, Tom. That's And we're in ongoing dialogue with, with our 89,000 active teachers. And we continue to look uh, based on their needs on more ways that we can support them. What we've really created is a, is a national professional learning community for teachers. So if you have an introduction in engineering design teacher in Sacramento, that teacher is going to be connected to other teachers teaching that same course in Bloomington, Indiana, or in Sarasota, Florida. And they work together in many cases in real time throughout a school day or throughout the school year. They'll share best practice. They'll talk about challenges we will intervene to offer additional support uh, where that's helpful. But one of the most important things I remember from my early experience as a teacher and really a leader um, of professional development was the power of teachers teaching teachers. And in many cases, that's what we have at Project Lead the Way are some of the best teachers you'll ever meet continuing to support teaching and learning from the classroom for other classrooms all across the country. David, is there a, a common uh, platform, student-facing learning platform and and teacher learning platform across your network? There is. You know, you asked about or you mentioned textbooks in a more traditional setting earlier. And there really are. There's no textbook in Project Lead the Way. We do have a learning platform. We're actually in the process now of developing, scoping, and then we'll release a new platform over the course of the next couple of years to our network, really based on their feedback, the features that they need to really understand what's happening in their classroom and how they can support student learning uh, ongoing. So that's an important part for us is having a really good feedback loop for teachers and for learners and thinking about how we can gauge where a student is today and how we can help move them forward in their learning journey. I, uh, you serve so many um Teachers and students, I, I guess how I'm wondering, this is sort of a drill down question on how you promote 
uh, quality at scale, bo- both r- rigorous STEM learning, but also relevant and engaging STEM learning. Um, it, it sounds like the, the extended professional learning that you're offering is, is a big part of that question. Uh, what, what else do you do to promote quality? You know, we, we have a range of assessments that we make available to our teachers, and then we help coach them and support them on how to use them. A lot of formative assessments, and we continue to get stronger in that aspect of our work. Our high school courses all have, except for our capstones, have end-of-course assessments that are widely adopted and used throughout um, our program. The other thing, though, is you know we're going to support the teacher directly, but we work very closely with other roles in the school and in the school district to make sure that we're providing the support uh, that educators need. So we work with school coordinators, program coordinators, um, CTE directors, and we're really helping them have all the tools that they need. There are great, high-quality, high-performing, amazing educators in every community that I've visited. If we can provide more tools to them so that they can do their work at the highest level possible, that's the role that we play. Um, David, I've, I've heard you talk about um, cultivating a, a learning mindset. Um, how, how are you how are you trying to do that across your network? You know, there, there's two ways I think about that. One is the learning we do by going out and visiting schools. I mean, for many years, I was a teacher or a school administrator. There are a lot of folks in our organization that have had similar roles. Um, we can't make decisions about how we support great teaching and learning from behind a Zoom screen or from an office. So it's really important that our team is out visiting schools, listening to students, uh, learning from the educators we serve. So that's a really big part of it. And then coming back and thinking, you know, how do we continuously improve what we provide to school leaders, to educators, uh, to teachers, and the student experience? Some of the best feedback I've heard over the last 12 years has come from students who talk about areas where they think we can make the curriculum stronger, or something that didn't quite connect for them. And that's a student voice in our curriculum is really powerful. We also work with outside groups. We had a group um, recently working with Stanford's D School and with a group called Stoked, trying to infuse in our team this design thinking, problem solving mindset. Part of that, though, is going out and talking to parents, talking to guardians, understanding student needs differently, and then coming back and thinking, what are we not doing yet that we could do to better serve I, I uh, love students? Hearing that you're thinking about uh, design thinking, it feels like the STEM fields are really—they're uh, all about asking good questions, and uh, that's what design thinking is about. So, love that you're thinking hard about that across the curriculum. Yeah, that's been a really fun area of learning for our team, and sometimes we can get very focused on getting work done. But then taking the time to step back and think about how we work is really important. So, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of professional development that we're, we're doing currently, but sharing more design thinking workshops and helping our the teachers we serve uh, get stronger in those areas as well. It shows up when I visit classrooms. I see a lot of the elements of design thinking. That's an important part of our curriculum. And I see that alive and well in Project Lead the Way classrooms across the country. Let's go back to elementary and middle school. Um, what tell us about your offerings in elementary and then middle school, and and in particular, I'm interested in how 
um, how you're helping to expose um, middle grade students to the wide variety of, of STEM career pathways and, and help them make a good high school choice. So when I started a project lead the way around 12 years ago, we were exclusively then a middle school and a high school program. But what we learned right away was that too many students were making decisions before they got to middle school about STEM opportunities, about math, about science. And the research on that, that is well-established and clear. So schools were asking us to do more at the elementary grades. And so we did, we did that. We built the team and we built this amazing content. Um, it's called Launch, that's the program. And students are doing really amazing work, math, science, of course. They're working together as part of a team. Just like what you'll see later in the high school setting, students are learning how to do that early on. But it's simple machines. There's elements of life science, both connected and unplugged coding and computer science activities. They talk about designs, design thinking, designs inspired by nature. So uh, it's really some of the best work that we're doing today. It's an activity, project, problem-based model. It's all hands-on. Students are, are working together, doing something very engaging, especially if you think about where we've been with COVID, school closures, a range of school schedules over the last couple of years. This is a really great way to see students re-engage and excited about learning. So that's an important part of what we do. The other thing that's really great about elementary is opportunity and access is wide open. In high school, students are selecting our pathways, um, sometimes with guidance from a counselor or other adults. In elementary school, we really are serving all students. So gender equity, you know, um, ethnic diversity, all the things that you want to see as far as opportunity and access, you see that in the elementary setting. You asked about middle school and, and career uh, exposure. We really believe that the things that young people are thinking about in terms of the opportunities available to them should not be limited to their zip code, where they live, um, the adults in their home life. So we've really infused in our curriculum a wide array of career profiles. In many cases, career professionals are presenting students within the curriculum a problem for them to solve. And that's, that's really exciting. The teacher plays a really critical role, but we're really trying to infuse those other aspects of life in the curriculum and bring that uh, to students in classrooms all across the country. Uh, David, we've we've all been through uh, a lot in the last few years, and um, you took over as CEO of Project Lead the Way at the tail end of a of a pandemic. Um, what's it like to work at Project Lead the Way these days? Uh, tell us about the culture and. Um, do, do you have a new office and do people come to an office anymore? Like what, what's it like to work at PLTW these days? You know, in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's not that much different than it was pre-COVID. Um, we have a great team uh, who are inspired to do amazing work for students. Sometimes it's, in my case, my own kids. I think about the work we do and I think about kids like mine. Um, but I also think about, you know, in our team, we've got um, a very committed team ha have had, um, you know, for, for as long as I can remember. What's different is, you know, we are a remote first company. We use our office. We do a lot of teacher training there. We do design thinking workshops. It's a place where we come together. Uh, and while we are working remotely, 
uh, now more than we ever have. And we've been very effective at doing that. We still understand the powerful relationships and, and the power of relationships to help us be the team that we want to be and provide the service that we want to provide to educators all across the country. So we're using that space. It's called the Kern Liebig Center, and it's named after two families that were incredibly instrumental in um, the early growth and the ongoing growth of Project Lead the Way. It's, it's a beautiful space. What you see when you walk in, you see pictures of students, you see pictures of educators. Um, when you walk in our office, there's no question about our mission and the work that we exist to do. We've been talking to Dr. David Dimitis, the CEO of Project Lead the Way in Indianapolis, uh, the nation's leading provider of STEM, uh, STEM curriculum learning experiences. Um, David, uh, I'd love to know where, where people can find out more about Project Lead the Way. Um, I heard you just released your first annual report. Would that be a good place to start? Yeah, absolutely. The, the annual report that we released recently provides a lot of, um, tells our story really, and talks about our impact, talks about our priorities, uh, talks about you know where we've been, but also a little bit about where we're headed. There's also a really great video. We, we celebrated our 25th anniversary um, in October in Orlando. We brought together educators from across the country as part of the Project Lead the Way Summit. And at that time, we released um, two videos, the 25th anniversary video, where we've been, and then also where we're going. And those videos tell a powerful story through teacher voice and through other voices about the work that we do. Uh, our website's also a great place. And we try to tell stories through our social media accounts as well. So check out pltw.org. And um, Dave, I think you'd probably agree that the best way to learn about PLTW is to go to Visit a partner school that uh, that hosts Project Lead the Way courses and, and meet uh, some PLTW teachers. Absolutely. There's no substitute for walking the halls of your local school, talking to students about what they're learning, their experience, hearing from teachers. It's one of the things we love doing is making that connection between the community and the schools and the classroom, especially. And if we can do anything to help facilitate uh, those visits, we're happy to do that. Dave, thanks for being such a great uh, pathway partner to thousands of schools and millions of students. Uh, we, we really appreciate you and the PLTW team. Thanks for being with us today. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks for your work, and it's great to be connected. Thanks to our producer, Mason Pasha, for making this possible. Thanks to the whole Getting Smart team and uh, to all of you, until next time, keep learning, keep leading, and keep innovating for equity. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much.